Well, thank you all for sharing. I, I always like to hear what's in, in our hearts, and, and the, the Scripture should challenge us, right? And, and we should have to wrestle, we have to wrestle with it. That's, that's what being a Christian's about. is Because, uh, I mean, I'm sure these guys, when they heard this, they didn't have time to, like, think it through. He was on to the next thing. He's like, and, and love your enemies. And they were like, whoa, I was just out at the blessed part, you know? Where? And they didn't have the internet, and they didn't have notes, and they didn't have anything. They were, they were stuck just with what the Holy Spirit would reverberate with them. But it began with this beautiful uh, verse. And, and we're in Luke, Luke 12, or Luke 6, uh, chapter 20 and 21 today. And I was, I, I was thinking, Lord, I'm, I'm going to take a break from Luke uh, 6, and I'm going to do a Mother's Day message because it's Mother's Day. And then I, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, well, this is a Mother's Day message. You should get this. And so I'm going to read this to you, and I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to translate along the way how Jesus addresses mothers and other disciples, because mothers are, are the ultimate disciple, because they, they, learn, they teach children how, how to learn. So uh, let me just read the verses very quickly. It says this, Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, or poor in spirit, we'll talk about both of those, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. So, I can't take you back to last week, to Jesus on the hill, but Jesus is on the plane and he's giving his first message to the, the disciples after they've been chosen. And one of the things I, I, I want to point out, and just right here, is right at the beginning, he, it says, looking at his disciples. It's easy to run by that. Right? But the first, when I first looked at that, it just, it, it reminded me of the story of Hagar, how she was, I don't know if you know that Abraham's uh, wife's servant uh, ran away from Sarah because she was being treated unjustly, and she ru- runs into the wilderness, and God finds her and says, what are you doing? And says, and, and says no, I've got, I've got plans for you. No matter where you are, no matter what you think about your future, I have great plans for you because I see you. And then so she names God, the God who sees me. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I thought it's so beautiful that a lot of times as, as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, we forget that Jesus is actually looking right at you. He's looking at your life, not to find something wrong, Tom. No, but to show you his grace and his blessing upon you. And a lot of times we, you know, the reason that all churches aren't filled with people is they're afraid that when Jesus sees them, he's just looking at what's wrong. And that's not the gospel. The gospel is, yeah, there's a lot wrong with you, Tom. None of, the rest of us are, we're we're hitting perfection, you know. We're we're like nine and a half. (laughs) But there's always one guy that messes up the whole group. Okay. (laughs) But that's not the case. When he looks on us, he looks on us with love and compassion and says, I am going to give my life 
so that you don't have to see yourself the way you see yourself. We look at ourselves and we go, oh man, this is lacking. And most of the world, I mean, uh, you know, the whole self-help section of the bookstores, back when we had bookstores, but if you look on, online on Amazon and type in self-help books, you know, you're going to get millions of them. Because that's, we're trying to fix what we see in us rather than what he sees in us. And what he sees in us is this beauty and this, this destiny and this purpose. How do we know that? Because right before that, he says he called them by name and said, come with me. Right? And we forget that while we're sitting here, Jesus is calling us by name and says, I see you. I have great purpose in your life. And all you need to do is look back at me. <laughs> look back at me. And he starts to address them. So he looks at his disciples. And I, I, I want to address the moms for just a moment, uh, and grandmoms, that, you know, as we go through the struggle, as you go through the struggle of raising kids, sometimes you're like, does God even see what I'm up to? You know, does he see how many loads of laundry? Does he see my husband coming home late from work? Uh, I remember as our kids, especially when they were younger, um, I, I didn't often share the calendar with my wife. And she would find out when I call her, hey, babe, we're coming home late tonight. <laughs> After she's been dealing with four kids for all day and she's just hoping, be home early for once so that I can hand off this mess. And so I can get on with the rest of life, like laundry and, and cooking or whatever else. And uh, anyway, it, it was a sore spot. But Jesus sees you in that moment. And I think Maureen brought, brought up the, the, really the, the first point, is that God uses those points of pressure to begin to work on our character. It's not until we're broken or broken in spirit that we realize, I need God more than anything. And this first line, blessed are the poor, was really just a flip. It's like upside down world. Because when you think about you know, your life, you go, man, I'd be blessed if I were poor today. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I was completely destitute? Because that's the word used here. It's, it's used of a beggar who is so destitute that he won't even look up. He'll just put out his hand like this and say, please. Give me something that I might eat. And that's the opposite of the world, right? I mean, we, we always, you know, when, when something good happens to us or we get a raise or, we, you know, we get a new car or something, people go, man, you're blessed. You're really blessed. You got the, you got the cool thing. Oh, you got that? Oh, you, you got, you, you're blessed. And Jesus was flipping it and saying, in the kingdom, blessing has nothing to do with what the world is saying is the blessing. Now, I'm not saying that having stuff is a blessing from God, of course. Everything comes from His hand. But we cannot equate our life with those things in the world. In fact, the very thing that we need most is when we're most needing Jesus is when we're most blessed. And that's every day, right? We sang that song, Oh Lord, I need you. I'm like, I'm like yes, I need you. Okay? We're good? All right, let's go on. So first, we're, we're blessed when we're beggars. Now, this isn't a... Per what's, what's weird about this, because I, 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 I've been very blessed. I've been blessed to know God, and I've, I've 
I've had some material blessings in my life that make my life more comfortable, right? And I'm, I'm, as I'm reading this, I'm saying to myself, how do I stay on the press of saying, I'm desperate for you, God, in the midst of this? And that's a, that's a question. I don't know if, if you guys have that too, because, you know, m- many of us are, are probably set up reasonably enough and it can start to blunt the reality of our need for Jesus until something comes in our life, like some tragedy or some sickness or something. Or like, oh, now I really need God again. And, and you know what Jesus knew is all the money in the world won't fix certain things, right? The only thing that will fix anything is ultimately Jesus, right? So he says, blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Now let me explain that to you for just a minute because you've probably forgotten. The kingdom of God is where God dwells. It is His realm. And He says, it's yours. What does that mean? It means when we're desperate, moms, (laughs) all of the resources of heaven, including the presence of the king, is yours. That's a radical approach, isn't it? (laughs) We're like, when I'm at my worst, God is giving me his most. And I want to encourage you. You're going, yeah, but I'm feeling tired, Pastor. That's really good. I love this message, except, you know, I'm going to go back to my kids in five minutes, and they're going to, you know, that's going to be the end of me. Right? (laughs) But Jesus is training his disciples. He's looking at them and he's going, look, you guys, I want you to know that what I'm doing in your life, you're going to have to expect. See, it's our, our loss of expectation, kind of like even when we were praying for healing this morning. I, I, I trust that God's healing is happening in this room, but it's easy for me to forget that he is a God who heals, Right? Okay, so first thing, the blessed, if you're blessed, you know you need God. You're a beggar, and you need Him every moment. All right, second second point here is, and Christina brought this up to us, we're blessed when we long for a connection with God. When we hunger and thirst for Him. I mean, there's something in all of us that nothing really satisfies from this world. I mean, we've all, we've all experienced it. Like we get, you know, like we really want something. We want something new and we get it. And we're, we, we polish that shiny thing up for a while. And then we realize that's not it. (laughs) That's not it. What I'm looking for is I want to experience life in its fullness. And what that is, is face to face with God. It says hungering and thirst for righteousness, right? He says, if you hunger now, you will be satisfied. So, how many are wanting more of the Spirit of God in your life? Anybody? Yes. You know, my, my problem is, as I read this, I'm like, I was hungry, and then I'm not hungry. I'm full, and I need to get hungry again because, you know, it's kind of like eating fast food. Right? You, you eat it and it kind of feels good for a minute and then it feels like, then it's just a lump 
<laughs> it's just sitting there and your body's like, you're really not, you're not hungry, but you're also not full. You're, anyway, <laughs> you're not good. And there's, there's something about the disciples. He wanted them to know that they would be full, but then, but they could never lose that passion to be hungry for God again. And, and for, for all of us, I think uh, that we have this thing in us where we get satisfied for a moment and then we lose our hunger. And I, and I, I see this with myself for sure because I'm, I'm also a follower of Jesus <laughs> every day. And I'm like, Lord, why am I not passionate for you today like I was yesterday? And he, he replies back, is because you haven't seen me for who I really am. If you know me for who I really am, you're going to get something in your, in your spirit that is going to drive you further. You, you know, I get satisfied with very little, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing with that? Now, as far as mothers go, uh, I, I, I was, I was thinking, how, how does, how does this, this work? I talk to a lot of moms, and they, they, they put their success linked to their kids' success. How about you? Even grandparents. You know, it's like, I, we were with, we were with Jendi's uh, mom and dad yesterday, and, 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 and they, they want to know all about all the grandkids. And then they, they don't compare grandkids because that's not cool. But they want to make sure that they're all doing fantastic, right? Because if they're not, then they did something wrong, right? And it's even worse for moms because moms is like, oh, man, I'm a terrible mother. In fact, I, I, again, I, I work with 25 women. <laughs> now, no, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> but pastoring them from day to day, <laughs> you know, sometimes they'll come in my office and they're crying. I'm like, is it something I did? <laughs> and they'll say, no, it wasn't anything you did. It was something my kid did. And if, if God would just fix them, then, you know, uh, you, lady, moms understand this. It, because it goes deep in their soul. Of their, they want that, that, that success. They, and so they're hungry for that. And I just want to say, and, and this, these words by Jesus are very prophetic, aren't they? It's not really about being hungry all the time. It's about knowing that when you're hungry, God is going to break through and to satisfy you. And I want to just encourage you because most moms are in the middle. And most grandmoms are in the middle. You're praying for your kids. You're praying for your grandkids. And you're saying, Lord, they're not finished yet. And the Lord's saying, that's right. Because I'm teaching you how to be faithful in prayer, how to be faithful in witness, and I'm teaching them too. Because guess whose responsibility it is to walk with God for your child? Huh? Huh? You can lead them there, but then it's theirs. Okay? Now, this week, um, <laughs> I, I, I put down here uh, th- that when we're blessed for when we long for connection with God, um, 
Because that hunger reveals something in us. You know, I mean, how many have ever been hangry? Uh, okay, like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. people that get hungry often get ha- angry, right? Because being hungry reveals something in us. Now, I, I, I was thinking this week, uh, this was one of those weeks that I looked, uh, I mean, I had a really difficult week. I'll just, I'll just say, I mean, it was difficult for me. It wasn't difficult for God. It wasn't really difficult in the large scope of things. And when I think about, you know, Rodney's mom, not difficult. And we had one of our teachers that her car was stolen with all her stuff in it this week. And, and I was like, that's way worse than that. I mean, I mean I'm, you know, I can compare, but to me, it, it was, it was its own set of malfunctions. And I was thinking, I am failing in my seeking of God during this time. I, I just kept, and I, I, I consciously knew it. I'm like, I'm being angry. You know, my, my poor wife, I, I, wasn't, I didn't yell at her or anything. Uh, I, I don't do that. But even the anger, it goes, it's in my mind. I don't even express it, but I know it's there, and the Lord knows it's there. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm failing, but I don't care. And he's like, you need to get hungry. You need to get close. I'm like, yeah, but I can't even pray right now because I'm I'm just conflicted. Has anybody here ever felt like you can't pray because you're in the middle of something? Okay. I'm not the only one. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm that I'm I'm also human. But I I really felt this way. And uh and it was during this that I, I just realized that this hunger is the most basic need. And Jesus says to me, you have these basic needs. Why don't you just, just, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to pray it through. Just come and sit with me. Just come and sit. You're hungry. You're going to be okay. You'll be satisfied. And I, I, I got there at the end of the week. <laughs> and, and and I'm like, thank you, Lord, that you've been faithful. He He's always sustained me. He's always has. Okay, last but not least, uh, this is the prophetic word. Jesus says, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. <sighs> this is almost a hard word, isn't it? Because we look at our lives in our place of mourning, and I, and I think for, for moms too, uh, especially, because you want so much for your kids, don't you? And um, you're stuck going, I can't fix this. And Jesus is giving this prophetic word Because, again, in the world, we might not know the answer to everything. In fact, we won't. We won't. There are certain things that won't get fixed. But Jesus was trying to begin to prep his disciples to, to say, stop looking at this world being the end of everything. And start looking that the kingdom of heaven is opening up for you 
to experience something of the greater joy than you could ever experience. So moms <laughs> and other disciples, you're looking and you're saying, Lord, when will this circumstance change? When will this change? And if you're weeping about it, Jesus has a special word for you. I'm going to give you laughter. I'm going to take care of those kids. I'm going to take care of those grandkids. I'm going to take care of your life because I promise that you will be taken care of. How do we know this? It's in the rest of the sermon that he talks about. He says, I, you know, I will meet every need that you have. And coming at the end of today, I want to give you guys a great word of encouragement. Are you guys ready? And I can do it confidently because Jesus is faithful to you. All the things that we struggle with and that we mourn about, we think are only in our hands. But they're really in God's hands. I've done a lot of baby dedications and child dedications over the years. And something we say there is, Lord, thank you that you've given me this life to steward, but this life is yours. You know, our kids aren't ours. They're God's. And he hands them to us and says, do your best. And he knows that he's put them with two failed people in a family who are sinners, saved by grace, hopefully, and they need him. He knows that. How does he know that? He was there in the garden. He was with Adam and Eve and said, oh boy, you're going to have trouble with your two boys. <laughs> and yet they're not yours, they're mine. And so I want us, since it is Mother's Day, I want us to retransfer. Because all of that angst comes into our heart, and we're like, I have to do this. It's all on me. And Jesus is saying, it's not all on you. Hand it over. We'll partner. I'll do 99.9999999999999 to infinity, and I'll let you have a little piece of it. You get to do the laundry. Shall we? All right, let's put these young ones in our hands. And let's put our own lives in the hands of Jesus this morning. Jesus, we are thankful that you're such a great preacher. You can say three things and change our life. Because you have promise after promise. If we're, if we're broken... You're there to fix us. If we're hungry, you are there to care. If we need you, you are there. 
And Lord, this morning, I, I know there's a lot or mourning. We mourn about our own lives. Like, oh, we have regrets as we get older. Oh, I could have, should have, would have. And God goes, that's right. Put your life in my hands. But right now, I pray for the mothers in, that are watching or in the room. And the fathers that are watching in the room. That, Lord, we long for you to do amazing things in our children's lives. But you long for it even more. Because that's the kind of God you are. That you care for us more than we can ever ask or imagine. That you have plans for us more than you can ever ask or imagine. And so, Lord, we retransfer our grief, our hunger, back to you. And say, Lord, thank you that you are the Heavenly Father that cares for all your children with great grace and great love and great mercy. And Lord, for us as your children, we put our lives back in your hands this morning. And thank you that you revealed yourself as our Heavenly Father so that we can know you in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you at peace? Okay. Good. Go back into the world of chaos. <laughs> and no, don't forget this moment. Because you will, the enemy will try to steal it. You know, when Jesus sows the seed, the enemy comes along and tries to eat it up off the path. Know that in the, every moment you're going to, this week, I know I'll be challenged again. And I'll say, Lord, you got this. You have my life in your hands. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me and gave his life for me. Amen? All right. With that, I will sign off. And to those that are online, I will talk with you during the week. God bless you. Have a great week.